0: But from a leader's perspective, our job in an organization is to create a world where we can trust our people and to voluntarily do that in ways that help us move forward faster and better as an organization. Hi, and you just entered the Leadership Gym. I'm Randy Hall, I'm an executive coach and leadership consultant, and this is the place where we work on our ability to lead our team, lead our business, and yes, lead ourselves. If you are looking to improve your capabilities as a leader, you are in the right spot. Thanks for stopping by today. I really appreciate you being here for this episode of the Leadership Gym Podcast. And today we're going to talk about a big word. It's not that long, but it's big. Trust. We're going to talk about trust and how it affects organizational speed. And we're also going to talk about our responsibility as leaders to trust well and to learn to do that well so that our organization can function at a different level. Conversations like this happen every day at leadershipgym.com. I hope you'll stop by there. We've got several courses. We call them workouts there because we think about this concept of the leadership gym as a place that you go to work out every week, that you go to get better as a leader every week, that you go to think differently about leadership every week. And you can find us at leadershipgym.com. I hope you'll stop by there too. Okay, trust and organizational speed. And when you think about the things that organizations have to do, one of the things that is paramount, one of the things that feels like it's incredibly important for most managers when I talk with them and work to them, and certainly for leaders throughout the organization, is speed. How fast can we do things? And so, as we start to think about this thing in terms of how it affects speed and so many things that leaders do can slow an organization down, we think about how trust is one of the components that can either speed us up or get in our way when we think about speed. Now, there's lots of things that can do that. We think about ambiguity can slow organizations down. Communication can slow organizations down if we do it incorrectly. Goals and priorities that are not aligned can slow organizations down. Lots of things can. Lack of trust is one of those things. Now, when we think about trust, let's define it first, or at least let's come up with a definition that we can use to have a good conversation about it. A lot of the work that we do around employee engagement involves us working with groups of leaders inside organizations to talk about how we more fully engage the people, because about 70% of a person's engagement, at least according to some of the research, is directly related to how their boss acts, how they're managed, how they're led within that organization. So if we control as a leader in the organization 70% of a human's engagement, then this matters for us. This whole concept of employee engagement and trust is one of the things that if we have it, we create a more engaged team. If we don't have it, then we can disengage our team. And so when we think about trust, we do want to think of it as something that we choose to have rather than something that just happens to us. Sometimes you'll hear people think about trust as, well, they have to earn my trust or I'll trust them when they prove that they are trustworthy. And that makes sense sometimes in our lives. It might make sense for people that have broken our trust at some point. We certainly might feel like they have to do a set of things or behave a certain way in order for us to get to the point where we are comfortable trusting them. I get that. But from a leader's perspective, our job in an organization is to create a world where we can trust our people and to voluntarily do that in ways that help us move forward faster and better as an organization. So when I say trust, that's why it's important that we define it a little bit. A lot of times when we do these workshops and we ask questions around trust and there's groups of leaders in the room that are trying to figure out how do I define trust so that I can do it differently or I can think about it differently, most of the time people will say things like, well, they did what they said they were going to do. That's a reasonable definition for trust, right? It really means integrity. I I stuck to what I said I was going to do. I made promises that I kept. I, I was congruent with the things I said and the things I did. But let's say that someone shows up and they say, hey, I'm in this organization to kind of care about myself first. I'm going to look out for me first on this team and then I'll contribute to what the other team might need to get better or become more effective. Would we trust that person? Now, they may do exactly what they say they're going to do, but the way they're thinking, the way they're showing up for work, the way they are engaging in the work isn't something that would cause us to trust them to do good work, even though they certainly abide by that definition of doing what they say they're going to do. So, that one kind of doesn't work for us sometimes. Another definition that I hear a lot is that they, they got their work done. I know that they have a track record of getting work done, of doing it well, of meeting their deadlines, of showing up in a way that is good for the team. Like they get stuff done, they're dependable. And so I come to trust them. And that's great. But what if they're brand new? What if they haven't been there very long and they don't have a track record yet? Do we wait to trust until they've got that track record? And I can hear in people's heads this the sound of yes going off when I ask that question. Well, yes, we wait to trust them. We don't trust them yet. They're brand new in the organization. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things That we do differently as leaders when we trust. We have to think about that as we consider this definition and whether we want to. And we'll get to those things here in just a second. I want to finish this part about the trust definition first. And then we'll talk about why it's so important. So, As we think about trust, one of the things I'd like you to think about is a definition that sounds something like this. Trust means that I believe that person is going to do their best and show up in a way that has the organization and the team at heart, the best interests of the organization and the team. This concept of having our best interests at heart or the organization's best interests at heart or the team's best interests at heart is important because it goes to what drives the way they work, the way they think, the way they show up, the way they engage. And that matters for us. That's what we're looking for as a leader is to cultivate. So if we use this definition, if you'll allow me to have that one out there, and and we can think about this in the friend space too, right? Just friends and people we have relationships with, maybe outside of work. If we believe they have our best interests at heart, then we treat them differently than if we believe they have a hidden agenda or we believe that they have their best interests at heart always and really don't consider ours. They care about their thoughts, their feelings, their ideas. Well, we don't trust them as much. We are not going to do the same things with them, around them, for them that we do with somebody that we trust completely. If you want to stick with me while we use that definition, someone that has the organization's best interests at heart, then I want to talk a little bit about why trust matters. Trust matters because, as I said, we treat people differently when we trust than we do when we don't, and those things help those people perform at a higher level, engage at a higher level. more successful within our organization. So when we think about it, that is what we do to trust. We have their best interests at heart. Now, of course, that's because we believe that if we have a team of fully engaged people, they do better work. And so, they are better for the organization. They are better at showing up for our customers or our clients or this project or this effort or the team or their internal clients, any of those things. They're going to do them better if they're fully engaged. So, this is where we have to have our people's best interests at heart as we trust them while we are also hoping they have ours. And I do not mean hope is a strategy. I mean that we start there. We start with the belief that we hired people that show up to do things well, and then we adjust as we go. So rather than saying they've got to earn our trust, We say that I'm going to trust you and I'm going to invest in a way that demonstrates that I trust you because I know that that is more likely to cause you to be engaged and trustworthy than just waiting until you prove yourself but not supporting you while you do or supporting you with reservations while you do just to see if you pass the test or make it into the trustworthy box. Or whether you land in some sort of skeptical zone where I'm not sure if I trust you yet. I had a manager once who told me, he said, I I don't think that I can trust my team. And my question to him was kind of simple. Well, do you want to get a new team or do you want to learn to trust? Because we have to do one or the other. We simply can't coach or lead or develop a team of people that we don't trust because trust does two things that are really, really important. It changes our assumptions about the people. Negative assumptions slow us down dramatically. Let's say there's somebody on your team and you ask them to do a project and you assume at the outset they're going to make all kinds of mistakes First of all, you communicate the project to them differently, if that's how you feel. Second of all, you spend a lot of time doing oversight, following up, checking up on them to see if their work's done well. That's not about their capability. That's not about helping them get better at what they do. That's helping you ease your concerns about whether or not they're doing it well. That's not about developing a person. That's about calming your fears. So, negative assumptions slow us down dramatically. They drive emotionally based choices based on things that might not be true. Well, I'm, I want to put this person in charge of that thing or I want to give them this task to do, but I don't think they're going to do it well. And so, I'm going to give it to the other person that's already overloaded over there because I think they might. I'm going to start dumping all of my work on people that I trust the most rather Then as a leader, making a choice to trust everybody and then develop them as I trust them in ways that their capability can improve to the point where they can do more work, be more productive, be more successful. The second thing that trust changes dramatically is the quality of the conversations because if I trust you, I invest in you differently. If I trust you, I spend more time supporting you as you learn and grow. If I don't, I assume I'm going to end up doing your work for you anyway. And so what's the point of doing all that extra communication and making sure we're aligned when I'm just going to have to follow up and fix it later? The fact that we trust people or when we choose to trust people, it means that I'll work harder to improve their capability. I'll support them as they learn. I will be comfortable with them making mistakes because of what they do next when they make them. Our job as leaders is to trust and to coach with trust. Imagine how you coach someone when you believe they're not going to take any action. They're not going to act on any of your advice or feedback or thoughts or questions. They're not showing up in a way that is genuine for you and in the organization's best interests for you. And so why would you put all that effort and energy and time into coaching them. You don't. You coach them differently. And if if you watch people coach when they don't trust someone and you listen to how they describe those conversations later, it's about issuing instructions, not supporting development or helping people get aligned or answering questions or asking good questions. It's not any of those things. We spend time very differently with people when we don't trust them. And so our job as leaders is to trust until it's evident that that person doesn't have the best interests of the business or the team at heart, until they consistently put their self-interest above those things in a way that indicates a pattern, until they show up for what they get from the organization far more than they show up for what they can contribute. To the organization. That's a point in time when it is okay to depart from the same level of trust. But we started with a lot of it. And instead of thinking people have to earn our trust, we want to think that people can, if they choose to, earn our distrust. But we're not going to assume that they're not trustworthy. As we work as a coach and a leader, we are going to assume that they are trustworthy and then adapt if they're not. Here's why. If we fail to trust early, if we don't invest, we don't support, we don't engage those people the same way, we don't coach them with the same effort and energy, we don't listen to them with the same intent, we don't devote additional time to them because we believe it's going to help them down the road be more successful. If we don't do those things because we don't trust, we actually cause that person to disengage. And maybe we were wrong. Maybe we thought that they needed to earn our trust because they weren't capable enough in an area. That's capability. It's not something that makes them not trustworthy. It means they have stuff to learn. So we sort of became a, a self-defeating leader if we do that. We sort of now determine the outcome because we thought the outcome was heading in that direction. We become a, a self-fulfilling prophecy there by saying, well, because I don't trust you, I'm not going to invest in you. But if I don't invest in you, you'll never get to the point where you're executing, showing up, engaging in a way that causes me to trust you. So people don't have to earn our trust. We have to learn to trust because good leaders trust and then they observe and coach. And that doesn't mean they trust blindly. It also doesn't mean that they trust past the point where people have earned the right to be distrusted. But it does mean that we start out that way and that we continue to work with people with our best assumptions about them as we do. Not trusting people slows all the work of leadership down. Now we end up stuck in that space where we are supervising and micromanaging and checking up. And issuing just instructions, but not in context, because we don't think they're going to care about the context anyway. All right, so to trust. If we want to learn to trust, what are some things we can do? Well, the first one is that we can practice assuming positive intent. And I know this sounds really, really tedious when I think about it. And it's interesting because I've worked with leaders as they've gone through this process. How in the heck do you practice assuming positive intent? Well, we use words that we're able to create sentences in our brain with that we can repeat in a way that creates positive intent for us. Here's how that works. If you've got somebody on your team and you're not sure if they have the organization's best interests at heart, you're not sure if they're thinking about the team and the work and the effort that they need to put in and the clients and the customers and all of those things, they're not focused in that area, they're not doing things that would cause us to trust them, then we're going to assume they are. By saying things, hey, I bet they're doing their best. I bet they tried really hard. I bet this is an area of opportunity for them to learn. I bet I can help them if we go have a conversation. I'm simply going to prep myself for trusting them before I have a discussion with them because I show up differently then. Because I'm a better leader then. So we want to practice assuming positive intent. And then the other thing that we want to make sure we do is coach early and build relationships. It is really hard to mistrust or distrust someone who we've gotten to know more effectively. Because we learn about their goals, their ambitions, their capabilities, their challenges. We understand why they make mistakes if they make mistakes. Because... We know what they're struggling with or challenged with or working on or still learning. And when we understand that, we also stop making some of those negative assumptions about people's intentions or their character or what they care about the most. Because when we do that, we fail to lead someone. We cannot lead someone that we assume negative things about. And so we're going to put ourselves in our best place as a leader. And then if it turns out that we have trusted a person who didn't deserve it, we're going to have that conversation very candidly. But we're going to coach early as if they're trustworthy and adapt if they're not. Not because we want to be gullible, not because we are going to be in some way, less effective or less authoritative or less valuable in the organization, but because trusting makes us lead better. And then if we don't, that's okay. Now, the personal implications of, oh, I made a mistake here because I trusted and they weren't trustworthy, I'm not going to do that again. That's what holds us back. And this is where we need to let go as a leader and say, you know what? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to invest in you. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to coach you because I believe that gives you the opportunity to have greater success because I was around. And if that doesn't work for you, I'll adapt. It's still my best going in strategy. Even though I may feel a little bit hurt sometimes, I may feel a little bit wrong sometimes, I may feel a little bit gullible sometimes, that's okay because I'm willing to do those things because I'm a better leader if I make mistakes in that direction sometimes than I am if I assume that you're not trustworthy, but I'm still going to put you on my team. I'm still going to let you interact in ways that affect the customers and the business and our future, and yet I don't trust you. If you think about it from a leadership perspective, that even makes less sense than trusting you and being wrong about it. All right, think about that trust thing. And if you get a chance as you listen to this podcast and this episode, leave us a review We would love that. I would love to hear your thoughts about what we're talking about here. I hope it's a five star rating that you leave with your review. I hope we've earned that. But help other people find us because good leadership matters. Good leadership makes a difference. And now it's our turn to go make a difference.